There are so many things as humans that we don't really understand. There are mystic, magical, faded things, as well as otherworldly realms that we just can't comprehend unless it's through the journey of our own soul. I'm your host, Steffi, aka The Spirit Sis. I'm a psychic medium, astrologer, and intuition teacher, and I'm here to take you on an exploration of all things spiritual. I'm going to connect to Source, give you divine downloads, and I want to keep you in the spirit loop. So here is the Psychic Scoop. Hello, my sweeties. Welcome back to Psychic Scoop. I am your host, Steffi the Psychic, also known as Spirit Sis. I am so freaking excited to share today's episode with you because we have a very special guest. We are going to be talking about everything manifestation, and we're also going to talk a little bit about shadow. So buckle up, cuties, because it is a lot of very juicy and insightful info. And of course, I wouldn't be able to deliver this information without a manifestation expert. So that's why I brought on our very special guest, Heather Whitaker. She is a manifestation coach with TBM, the To Be Magnetic program. And her and I met kind of a couple years ago. We were at the same event. We're going to talk about it on the show. And I was just obsessed with her energy. She was such a big expander and an inspiration to me. And I've been following her journey now for a year and a half. And it was just such a cool conversation to sit down with her and talk about our experiences with manifestation and all of the obstacles we've had to overcome. And also how eerily similar the parallels are with using your intuition and being an empath, things you guys know I drill into you every week. (laughs) And so it was really amazing to hear her perspective on that because we have such similar beliefs. And we also talk a little bit about how our human design plays a huge role in how we manifest. And we're both manifesting generators. And what's so funny is I always believed I was a manifester, even before I found out I was a man gen. First of all, we're all manifestors, but I would manifest like the silliest things. Like I would manifest a parking spot or getting a free drink uh, or free food or nice weather for a day. Like these little trivial things, I would always pretend that I was manifesting. I mean, I would definitely put effort into manifesting them, but they would come true really quickly. But the bigger things I was calling into my life, I was having more difficulty manifesting. Now, I found out about this manifestation style from the founder, Lacey Phillips, because she was on a podcast. I bought her reparenting program and her shadow program, which was her specific teachings on how to use neuroplasticity to uncover our limiting beliefs and change our esteem so we can call in what we want through what's called these deep imaginings and journal prompts. And honestly, it was the first time in my life where I really started to feel like the shift was happening in my life where I was able to call in everything that I wanted because I found this work when I was in one of the lowest places I've ever been in my entire life. The amount of negativity and events that were happening to me were so insanely scary. My friends and family were very worried about me. I had to file a sexual harassment at work. I had to ask a police officer for help and ended up getting my license illegally suspended and a gun drawn at me. I was having horrible panic attacks and anxiety attacks and just an overall sense of dread in my life. And keep in mind, this was all during my Saturn return. (laughs) 
<laughs> so some of it did make sense astrologically. So when I started to do this work, I didn't expect all of the beautiful things to happen to me so quickly. And because I committed myself to the work continuously, that's when things started shifting and I was able to manifest everything I wanted, even from that rock bottom place. And that's when I said, damn, I believe in this work so incredibly. And I still do this manifestation work diligently. I'm a part of the Pathway membership and I've been able to manifest so many cool things, including the house that I live in down to every single detail, including how much the rent was, how many rooms, what it looked like, everything. I was able to manifest my boyfriend, my partner now, who is my soulmate. And I was even able to manifest down to the penny, the amount of money I made on my intuition launch. So this shit works. Okay, y'all. So anyway, back to our amazing guest, how I found Heather. I went to a TBM event in 2019 and Lacey pulled Heather on stage and she talked about all these beautiful things she manifested. And also Lacey had called on me completely randomly too. (laughs) So we're going to talk about that because that was actually kind of a cool thing that we both remembered each other um, from this event that actually changed both of our lives in an incredible way. So without further ado, I'm going to introduce our incredible guest, Heather. She has so much juicy information for us, and I cannot wait for you to hear it. Hi, Heather. Welcome to the show. It is literally so exciting to have you here. I'm freaking out. First of all, I love you. (laughs) But second of all, I know the audience and my listeners are going to love you too. So thanks for being here. I'm so happy to be here. Yeah. You know, anytime someone asks me to come on, uh, to share. I mean, it's an opportunity to not only for me to grow, but to help expand others. So I'm all about, you know, making sure that we're all in alignment and can figure out new information to help us get to where we're going. You are an expander for me and a lot of other people. <laughs> Thank you. First of all, you're also my first man gen on the show so mm, far. That's exciting. I'm a man gen too. What, what what's your profile? Uh, two four two four sacral. It's funny when I asked, I like DM'd you, and I was like, "Will you be on the podcast?" Mm-hmm. And you're like, "Sure." And I was like, "Are you sacral?" You're like, "Yes." <laughs> I was like, "That was quick. Don't you have to think on it?" You're like, "No, yeah, I'll I'll do it." <laughs> well, you know, and it's like uh, I have um, sound for um, your digestion. Yes. Is it high sound? Yes, high sound. So talking. That's why I love podcasts and coaching, etc., and talking to myself because. I mean, everything with sound and, you know, music and audible, it just works for me. So um, that's why I really enjoy podcasts. That's so cool. And we're going to talk about how you did your process with TBM because you were listening mm-hmm. to voice notes. Did you know you were sound when you did that? Uh, no. That is so beautiful. Like once I found out my human design, everything just kind of, I mean, the sacral was the hardest part, but everything else just felt like, oh my gosh, like that, like the two, four was like completely like. That makes sense. Single definition totally makes sense. Four makes so much sense for you as a coach too. Mm-hmm. And the single definition, that's how you process things. Wow, that's amazing. Yeah. And then would you mind sharing, I mean, I've looked at your chart and I already know a few things, but would you mind sharing your top three, your sun, your moon, and your rising? Okay. So um, I don't know a ton of detail, so I'm excited to hear your version of this, but um, I, my sun is a Taurus. Um, my moon is a Sag. And my rising is a cancer. Yeah, I'm going to share some things about your chart later on and some amazing things that are happening in your life right now, because congratulations, you're having a baby soon. 
Yes. Yeah. I'm, um, I'm at like the 90 day mark of uh, having a baby boy. Pretty crazy. How are you feeling? I feel really good. I, I want to say that, um, there's a lot of changes, obviously like duh happening in my body that not all of them are pleasant. And I don't want to pretend like, Oh my God, this is just the most beautiful experience ever. There are days where I'm just like, I'm tired and I'm uncomfortable. And then there's other days where it's like, wow, this is incredible that my body can do this without even my mind being on the same page. You know, like whoa, our bodies know what to do. It's just the mind that's like getting us ready. And so now that I'm about to go into the third trimester, these next three months are all about making sure that my mind is on the same page as my body. Because I, what I've watched my body do, it is, it, I mean, it just literally knows everything to do. And so now I just need my mind to to get on the same page and, and we'll be good to go. <laughs> well, thankfully, you have some practice doing all of these DIs, all the work that you do. Yes. <laughs> so I, I gave a little intro about TBM. So you are a manifestation coach. That's correct. And you also, as a man, Jen, have another job. What's your other job? So yeah, I have a full-time corporate job. So I started out actually as a nutrition teacher. Um, and then I worked my way into corporate wellness. So Right now, um, I'm a senior strategic client consultant for a big tech company. So I work with really large clients like Google and motion picture industry. And I help them um, basically strategize um, wellness programs for their clients, or I should say for their employees. That is so in alignment as a man, Jen. <laughs> I can't even tell you. Before we got on the call, I was like, wait, did we meet in person? But I guess we met through Instagram because you and I were both at an event. Was it November 2019? It was. It was November. Mm -hmm. Okay. So you and I both attended an event for TBM where Lacey Phillips, the founder, was doing this kind of Q&A and just working us through manifestation and process and all of that. And it was like the first event I've gone to in real time. Mm -hmm. I mean, how many people were there, would you say? Uh, 250, I think. Oh my gosh. Okay. So that makes it even cooler. So <laughs> at two different times, she was calling upon, I don't know, maybe like 10 people out of the 250. Yeah, something like that. And you and I were both randomly selected to mm -hmm. talk about our manifestation process. Now, I manifested meeting her before. I'm assuming you did the same. I knew that I was going to actually talk. Oh, you did? Intuitively. I was like, I feel like I'm going to talk to her. I mean, I didn't know she was going to pull me on stage, but I just felt like I'm there. I will be having a conversation with her today. So I like kind of prepped myself like on the drive for what that would be like. So you just said that so matter of factly that I actually thought that the, that was like pre-planned. You're like, oh, I knew. I knew I was going to. I was like, oh, you knew, right? That's so funny. I felt the same. And I remembered they were passing out these little cards for questions to ask her. And I was talking to like this new person I met and I was going over her astrology chart. Mm -hmm. And I was kind of impeding on my own boundaries by like giving free advice. <laughs> so I missed my opportunity. And then she called on me completely randomly. And then at the end of the event, she asked if anyone had manifested anything. You raised your hand and she called on you. And Heather, you went on stage and I was blown away. And everyone in the audience, I can't even tell you, the energy shifted. And then you were asked to be a manifestation coach. So I just want to share you with everybody because I just feel so connected to you. And I know you've helped so many people. So mm, thank you. You basically talked about what you manifested. So would you mind like sharing? You can share yeah. whatever you want, but all the things you called in manifesting wise. Yeah, I, I want to start by saying that I found TBM 
while I was in a rock bottom. And for those of, you know, the audience that doesn't know what that means, it's just like the shit hit the fan, right? Like I was at a very low point and was doing all of the things to climb out. And so I had done a lot of spiritual bypassing, meaning like, you know, trying to just vision board and think positive and do all of those things. And not that those aren't great tools, but I wasn't really looking at what was the root and why was I carrying all of these stories that didn't belong to me. So when I found TBM, I was like, oh my God, this makes so much sense because it just felt very like structured and like kind of like plug and play of like, okay, there's a formula here and I can actually use this in all areas of my life. And so because I was so determined to find the light versus stay in the darkness, I like put all of my energy literally into the work, into the workshops and really trying to understand it combined with like human design. So I started it in 2017. What was that? 20,000. I love it. (laughs) I started it in 2017. Pregnancy brain. Okay. I love it. And by 2019, you know, it took me two years. And I, I think it's important to say the years because yes, some things will come quick, but some things take time. And when you manifest and and I know I'm drawing this out, but All manifestation means is to receive the things that you want because you believe that you deserve them. And if you don't have them, we need to see why. Why don't you believe that you can have them? Who told you that you couldn't? Or what stories did you see that feeling like it wasn't possible? So some things come quicker based on your level of deservingness. So in two years, I manifested getting engaged uh, the exact engagement ring that I wanted, my wedding dress. We, my husband and I eloped in Switzerland. We bought a house. I got a new job. Uh, I mean, it was just one thing after another. And I think that all of those are tangible and I understand that. And, you know, but the shift of by the time I received everything, it was like, I would have given every single item back just for that feeling that I had met myself. I mean, I had avoided myself for so, I mean, I'm 37. So I had avoided myself for so many years and doing to be magnetic helped me build a relationship with myself that I will now never be alone. Yes. It doesn't matter who's in my life because I built this relationship with myself. I understand what it feels like to feel worthy and deserving. And so everything just kind of comes along because, and I don't want to act like I just, I don't have any self-doubt. But when doubts or fears come in, I can pause. Is this true to me? Have I personally experienced this? Whose story is this? And so now I have tools and resources when I'm in forks in the roads, like make decisions as an MG say, go quickly. This isn't mine. Move on. <laughs> so that night, you know, when when Lacey asked me, what have I manifested? I told her I had done every single workshop. I had printed out at the time it supported was $3.99 a month. I was printing out the transcripts. I mean, you name it. And so she asked me to come up on stage and, you know, I outed shadows up there and, and she was kind of just blown away that the amount of effort and work that I had put in, you know, the New York times interviewed me. Then they had me on the expanded podcast and then they asked me to coach. So from November was the tour. I was on the podcast in February and I started coaching in in May of 2020, like right during the pandemic. So it's been over a year and it's been the most rewarding and fulfilling thing. It's been incredible to see you too, because I kind of virtually met you that day and then seeing it all go down because I found 
a TVM in 2017 as well. And when it was free and native, do you remember? And we had to buy them like a la carte. So I started with repair. It was a reparent or inner child. At the time, yeah, it was reparent before it became inner reparent. Child. And then I did shadow. And oh my gosh, I think everything you touched on that you met yourself, I was just getting my emotional. See, I'm solar plexus, but I was getting almost emotional thinking about it. And even before we hopped on the call, I found some of my old shadow like workshop and DIs and journaling from that that time in my life. And it's crazy how much shadow I've outed and then how much I've grown. And mm-hmm. then even what I shared at TBM, you know, with Lacey about the tests I was getting, how much my boundaries have gotten so much stronger and how much I've grown. So it's cool to see you on this journey. And I'm just honored that you're here because we had some serious manifestation questions. Um, <laughs> everyone's like, how do I do this? Because I think you and I both know, I, I feel like you're a really positive person. But being positive only gets you so far, right? Totally. Yes. Like, were you when you were manifesting before this program, like, what were you doing, like, quote, unquote, to manifest right after my big rock bottom in 2017. And I, um, this is a trigger warning for everyone. Um, I can calmly talk about it because there's been a lot of work around it. But in January of 2017, I was attacked at my car by gunpoint and, you know, beat up pretty badly and thrown in my back seat. And all that to say is, is that I fought my, I fought my way out and I ran. And, and while I was running, I wrote, this is like totally cliche, but I was like, this isn't my story, right? This isn't my story. And the whole point of that night was is the like the big teachings and the learnings and the gift wrapped in shit was is that I didn't trust my intuition because that night when I pulled up to a dark street, I was like, ooh, I should, this isn't good. I should move, right? My gut was telling me that. Instead, I overrode that with my mind of like, yeah, but you have somewhere to be, just park and get out. So all that to say is, is that after that, I started trauma therapy and I was working with the therapist, which I think is really important. But then it was like trying to just find the positive, right? I did Gabby Bernstein's The Universe Has Your Back, which I think is great. But I am a collaborator with the universe. I can't just depend on the universe. Like I have to put in the work, right? I did The Secret. So trying to think about the things that I have, right? And so everything just felt like I was um, trying to only find the positive in things. And at one point, my therapist was like, I'm really glad that you're being so positive. But she said, I'm afraid that you're not allowing the pain to come through, the trauma to come through, like, get mad, get angry, you know, allow yourself to take a step back to take two steps forward. And so to answer your question, I think that um, I just was throwing myself into anything to try to make me feel better. But when I look back at, I was manifesting without realizing I was manifesting. And whenever I did, it was when I had released control. It's when I stepped away from trying to force, restrict, constrict, make things happen in a timely, you know, what I thought was a certain timeline versus allowing things to happen as it should. I can't agree more. I mean, I did all the same trek as you in therapy, psychotherapy, The Secret, which I LOL'd because I propped up up my computer for this uh, interview and it's on The Secret book. Oh, that is amazing. (laughs) Like so funny, but I think a lot, I actually had some um, audience uh, write in to ask you some questions. And one of the biggest questions, I got it five times. Wow. Was how do I know if I'm forcing a manifestation as opposed to surrendering? And I know that comes with intuition, which I teach. Yeah. And, you know, the work and obviously stop people pleasing, which was my biggest issue, right? Because that the more and more I did that, and the more and more I just fell into a trap when I really should have just been receiving. So do you have any like tips or tricks on how you kind of 
discovered that journey of like surrender? Yeah. When I think about control, I think about the fact that like, I'm not allowing for its natural timeline, right? Like I'm thinking about, okay, what's the fastest route to get here? Or um, like, what am I trying to accomplish? Because think about this, everything, everything that we do in the day are actions, right? We take actions, but what is our intention behind the action? And when I say surrender, that doesn't mean I'm sitting back eating bonbons, right? (laughs) That means I'm still putting in the work, but that means that I'm not trying to force it, right? I'm like paying attention. Does this feel like my intention behind this is there's ease? Am I so attached to the outcome that I'll be really disappointed if it doesn't work out the way that I want it to? Can I just move forward in whatever situation and being able to pivot and ebb and flow Because with control, there is no ebb and flow, right? With control, it feels a little bit more anxiety-ridden. It feels like desperation. It feels like a dog paddle. It feels like, again, I guess the way that I think about it is when I'm trying to control, I don't feel like I can release time. It almost feels like I'm paralyzed, right? And so that to me is control. I just think of like a hose Like, you know, when a hose kind of knots up, that to me is very much control versus like, it's like, do I want to trudge through mud or do I want to be on the freeway? Oh, yeah. Right. And I am someone that likes control. It's something I have to think about every single day, but I'm aware enough to recognize when I'm doing it and I can pause and say, all right, what's my intention behind this action? I'm definitely trying to control. Okay. I have a fork in the road. Have I gone down too far and I need to just allow myself to finish this controlling? Because that's okay, right? There's nothing wrong with it. It's just going to slow down the process. Or can I stop, pause, and realize like controlling isn't going to help me right now. It's not in alignment with with who my authentic self is or where I'm trying to go. So what's a different path? And part of that's slowing down. Mm. As an MG, as we know, we can do things super fast. So sometimes it takes a moment to to kind of pause to see again, what is the energetic behind this action? What's the intention behind this action? The five questions, how do you know if you're controlling? You know. Right. You know. And if you have to ask, it's because you're doing it. Yes. It's so true. (laughs) And it comes almost with a physical response too. Like I notice when I'm trying to control, I can feel it in my chest. I can feel it in my shoulders. I can feel it in my thoughts. You know, it's in with this work, if you've been doing it a long time, you just have this level of awareness to, like you said, I pause, I slow down. And there is so much beauty in slowing down because it lets your intuition come in. It lets receiving and surrendering come in. And that's when the manifestations really occur. Even though I think there are micro manifestations that can come in all the time. Oh, for sure. But I think also in if we think about um, authority in human design, right? Everyone, there's what, five different ones or something like that. But it's trusting that you know how to make decisions, right? Like once I understood I was sacral center, I mean, it was so hard because my mind constantly wanted to override that. So now when I know when it feels like it's coming from my mind, I know that's control. And it's coming from my sacral center. I know that that's ease and surrender and trust. Um, and so I can typically figure it out through that as well. And part of that's kind of getting to know yourself, right? Like 
How do you make decisions? What's your not self-authority? If I'm feeling frustrated, there's a pretty good chance I'm trying to control. <laughs> <laughs> Straight up, same. I'm, I'm emotional, like I had said earlier. So I processing and slowing down is actually in my design and it's impossible to wait, right? The 24 hours. But the more and more I wait on my emotional wave, yeah, the decision is a lot easier. But for people who have splenic or sacral or even ego, like, you know, it comes from within, like it really does. All of us have to listen to our body and get out of our brains. It takes time. It takes work. You know, I have a reminder on my phone that goes off at noon every day that says my body knows more than my mind. That is so beautiful. I, I have to remind myself that I have to trust. And, you know, I got to ask myself yes and no questions as a sacral center. If I cannot feel a response, I will take no action. Mm, yeah, because if it's not like a hell yes, it's a hell no, right? And I just will wait because it'll come, but I got to clear the clutter, mm. right? Because <laughs> if I feel nothing and make a decision, it's control. So I say this now because this is years of practice. And this is also, I trust myself so much now. And that is success for me. When so many people ask me about career and work and, you know, they tie their self-worth to success. And it's like, what does success mean to you? Because your definition is going to be different than mine. And for me, trusting my secret center, getting a response, like means I am successful. And so part of that is just your own definition. It's a reframe. Right. Reframe. Exactly. Because success could be, oh, I, I love my job and I want to be really successful. And then you realize once you're at the top, you're like, I want more. So success is more like within your soul's purpose, not necessarily material possessions. Even though when we manifest, we do like you manifested like a beautiful ring and all of these cool, amazing things that came to you. But then also like we can manifest so much more like our self-esteem and our self-worth, which is what the whole program is. So we didn't even really talk talk about. We're all over the place, which I love because we're MGs. Right. But what I wanted to ask you too was about the reprogramming of your brain. So how it kind of works with the DIs and stuff. Yeah. So it's neural manifestation. So a DI stands uh, for a deep imagining. Um, I would say it's a version of like uh, hypnotherapy, hypnosis, right? You're getting into a relaxed state to get into your subconscious. I say relaxed state because everyone's version of relaxed state is going to be different, right? And so whether that means that you're laying down with your eyes closed or you are taking a bath or you're walking on the beach, wherever you can get yourself to feel safe to allow memories from your, sub your childhood to come through. So you're listening to these deep imaginings and you are, there's like essentially um, you're guided through this on whether it's around inner child or your shadow, which is just areas that you feel shame around, money, love, etc. And it's helping you find what are your limiting beliefs, blocks of why you feel like you can't be it all, have it all. Why do you not feel deserving through stories of these? So these Deep imaginings help you unlock memories that you kind of suppressed or didn't think about. And then it gives you an opportunity to reprogram. Now, reprogramming doesn't mean you erase it. It doesn't mean it goes away. It just means this is the situation that I felt, right? Because sometimes it didn't actually happen, but it felt real. Mm -hmm. Or this is the situation that happened. But what I really needed was X. So can you give yourself a visual, a feeling of what you actually needed 
to help you move on so that you're not still acting from a place of hurt or trauma or again, just stories and beliefs that aren't yours. Yeah, you explained that so perfectly. And that's, I think, when I started doing the work too, in reprogramming all of the, it, you pull up some of these crazy memories that you've suppressed. I don't know if that happened for you in the DIs when you started the reparenting work and stuff. Oh, yeah. And it's funny because even redoing the shadow or redoing the reparenting new memories get brought up or it's the same memory. And I'm like, oh, I didn't reprogram that quite so good. So you really got to go back. But the basis of this is self-esteem and getting yourself into a magnetic state where you feel like the most high vibration of yourself Mm -hmm. through reprogramming. So that's kind of like how TBM frames manifestation, would you say? Yeah, I, I like to think of it as kind of like a triangle. You know, you've got three different areas that we want to continuously focus on. Um, One of them being your limiting beliefs, right? These are blocks. These are stories that don't belong to you, but you've been acting out from it, right? Another areas are expanders. And what that just means are people or situations that you see that expand you, meaning see that it's possible to do that, right? So I want to say this is that when we feel envy for someone or a situation, that is actually fantastic. That is your subconscious showing you, ooh, I like that. Ooh, I want that. Ooh, it's possible. So instead of feeling upset about it, right, be really excited when you're noticing that you envy something because it's just a little ping to show you this is what you want. So it's important to find the expanders. And the last area is all around action. How do we keep our magnetism? We say no, right? If it's not a hell yes, it's a hell no. We set boundaries. So whether that's energetic, verbal, physical boundaries, which you mentioned is an an area that's tough for you. Surrendering, meaning releasing control, right, of the outcome. Jumping off cliffs. And what that just means is getting out of your comfort zone. So for some people, that might mean actually speaking your truth. And for another person, that could be leaving a relationship. There's no one size fits all when it comes to jumping off a cliff. It's everyone's comfort zone is going to be different. But If we're constantly in our comfort zone, we're not being challenged, right? Um, And the last one is following pings. I'm someone that will follow a ping until it's the dead end, right? (laughs) Even even if it's not going to take me anywhere, I trust myself that for some reason I feel this and I'm going to follow it. Um, It's when we start to ignore our pings, our intuition, splenic authority, right? That pretty soon it just gets so quiet, then we'll never hear it. So just as a reminder, like the triangle of manifestation is understanding our limiting beliefs, making sure that we're finding expanders of things that we want, and then also taking action. And along the way, you're going to be tested. And along the way, you're going to be triggered. Oh, yeah. And I I heard a quote, actually. It was on the Almost 30 podcast. Oh, I love that. She said... If you can feel it, then you can heal it. So part of being triggered, instead of wishing the triggers away, welcome them. Mm -hmm. Because if you are being triggered, that means that you can feel something. And if you can feel it, then most likely you need to heal it. And so it's just a matter of finding the right program, work, community, network, whatever you want to say to help you work through that. 
Mm. instead of avoid it. Yeah, exactly. I love the envy bit about when you're kind of like jealous of someone's success that it's an expander. I've definitely learned that through this program and the triggers. I remember just feeling so triggered all the time by people around me, like honestly, all the time. One specifically, I, I would always get really triggered by people who are really bossy. And then I remembered, I was like, oh, it's because I never spoke up for myself and people who are bossy are speaking their minds. Mm-hmm. So it's just kind of beautiful that you can work through these things that make you feel uncomfortable at first. And now when I'm triggered or envious, I'm like, oh yeah, this is the universe kind of, uh, we're coexisting to collaborate in what I'm calling in for myself that's in a higher realm. Well, and I would think Think of it as can you observe versus absorb, right? So as you're starting to recognize some of these triggers, can we observe them? Instead of say, let's just it's a family situation, and it, you know you are now absorbing everyone's all everyone's shit and whatever. And so can you actually create a boundary so now you're just watching and you're observing? Oh, okay. Well, they do this but that's not my story and I don't have to do that. So it's kind of allowing yourself to have an energetic separation so that you can decide, is that still something I want to be a part of my intention, my energetics? You know, so much of this work is just about getting back to your whole authentic self, but we have to figure out who that person is because you can't become that person unless you know who you're working to become. And why do you feel like you can't be that person Mm -hmm. is really... um, I think the ultimate goal. Yes, exactly. There's so many parallels with spirituality and manifestation. Obviously, they're one and the same, but in consciousness. But talking about observing and not absorbing, that's like the empath motto. You can care with people without Mm. caring. And a lot of my listeners are truly empaths that are trying to figure out how to set their boundaries. So the fact that Mm -hmm. when I started truly adhering to my boundaries and saying no to things that weren't perfectly in alignment for what I I was calling in, that's when my life started changing. I was saying no to job opportunities, listening to my emotional center. You know, yeah. all of this stuff is when things started to really shift. And I remember even with Lacey when I was taught when she pulled me out of the crowd and I was talking about this test. So it was a TV show and they asked me to um, be on this TV show as a psychic medium, like helping people who are crossed over or really haunted, like really messed up, like murder houses. And I was going to be basically facilitating like the crossover. Oh gosh. And when Lacey like came up to like she basically asked like mm-hmm. what's going on with the test and I was like I don't feel like this is in alignment. And what's so funny is I said no to that but I was so worried, right, about losing money, about it could be a great opportunity for my platform this and that and then now like my everything has shifted in such a beautiful way in another direction, a direction that I actually see more longevity in. Mhm. But anyway, boundaries, boundaries. That's where I was going yeah. with this. So another question people wanted to ask, um, can you can you manifest multiple things at once? Oh, definitely. Okay, cool. <laughs> so I, I will say this. I think it's important to create a manifestation list. And whether it's in your phone, on your computer, or written down, I don't personally feel like it matters Like in what um, modality that you do it. The reason why the list is important is it just helps you personally. It's not for the universe, right? It's not for the universe to see it. It's written in stone, so now it counts. It's just to help you kind of get clear because sometimes you think you want something and then you put it down and you're like, mm, maybe not. And I know obviously in human design, we've got specific and non-specific, right? But when it comes to manifestation, manifestation, both are really important. I think it's important to get super specific on what you're looking for. Put it into categories. 
if it's around a partner, if it's around a job, it's around a house, whatever that may be, why? Then get non-specific. Why do you want it? How is it going to make you feel? Right? So think about it from whether it's Excel or a table or columns, what, however your brain works best. Create a specific list based on the category that you're thinking of. Next to it, put your why and how do you want to feel. The third column, and this is a big part of TBM, is your authentic code. I like to call it your vital needs. These are the things that you need in your life to feel whole and authentic. These are your non-negotiables. These are things that should not be jeopardized. The reason why I look like to look at all three is so that if something's if you're trying to force something to fit that doesn't fit your the feeling you're looking for, doesn't quite fit your authentic code, we can look to see is that ego? Is that low self-worth? Is that coming from lack mentality? So all that to say is, is that multiple things can be coming in at one time because you don't get to decide the order. The order comes based on deserving, right? And sometimes you're like, wow, I wasn't expecting that to come in. Well, clearly you don't have any programming around it. You don't have any blocks around it. And so if you're noticing that something's taking a while, instead of being frustrated or feeling like, you know, the universe doesn't have your back, I would look to see, why do I not feel deserving of this? But there's no right or wrong way to do it other than not doing it at all. That's that's very, very true because we get so busy. You know, we have all of these things we have to do. I mean, you have a full-time job and you're a coach and you're having a baby <laughs> and you have the cutest. Is it a golden retriever? Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. The cutest puppy. Like, I just love <laughs> you have a lot of stuff going on and you still make time for this work and you're manifesting, you know, frequently. But I think the authenticity is such, and that's something I always try to teach true through the intuition work is like, you have to be true to yourself. And another video you did online, which I really loved is you talked about opinion shopping. Mm -hmm. And I remember I was like going through a little, again, I was getting tested on a job opportunity and I was asking all my friends and family and I was ignoring my own intuition. Mm -hmm. So is that something that like kind of used to come up for you and, or does it come up anymore where you opinion shop yeah. or are you just not? So I 100% was an opinion shopper before, but that's because I had avoided myself for so long. I didn't have a relationship with myself. There was no connection. And so everything was about asking someone else, what's their opinion and multiple people. And when I started doing this work, I was like, wait a minute, I actually have all of the answers within me. I'm just not even giving myself a chance to be at the table, right? And so once I started asking myself first, I was like, okay. Then it was less about asking someone else and it was more about sharing, right? Like being able to still share with my husband or my best friend or my family, but making my own decision beforehand so that I couldn't be swayed against my sacral center, right? Or whatever else was going on exactly. because someone else felt differently. I mean, think about this. I eloped. My family was pissed. <laughs> I don't give a shit. I literally was not upset. And at one point my mom was like, you're so selfish. And I was like, actually, you think that this is father of the bride and it's not. <laughs> so sorry that your expectations right now are being let down, but that's not like I'm super clear on what I want, but it took me so long to get there because I'm a recovering people pleaser. Mm-hmm. So, you know, all that to say is, is that opinion shopping is an action. So what's the intention behind it? What's the energetic behind it? Is it because you don't trust yourself? 
Is it because you don't want to disappoint someone else? Is it because you truly don't know? And if you truly don't know, I think that the way that you ask questions should be thought of ahead of time to help you versus sway you. Hmm. Yes, absolutely. I think everything that you're saying is so on point with the why. Mm -hmm. You say like, oh, I want to manifest a new house. And you're like, well, why? And then you're like, well, I don't really know. (laughs) But you really have to get so in depth with who you are and what you truly want. So I think that's why the work and just really diving into that is so, so, so freaking helpful. So a lot of questions too about shadow work, which I know is like a huge part of the program. Mm -hmm. But if I was just, you know, asked you like what is shadow work yeah I think the word shadow throws people off it's like what are you ashamed of right what do you want to hide like think of shadow of like literally being in the shadows like what's something that if you had to either out yourself or you had like somebody leaked or whatever like what would you be really ashamed of um and it can be varying some of these shadows don't actually belong to us they were given to us. I'm going to give you an example. So my personal shadow um, is liar. That like that to me is huge, right? But the thing is, is that I was a liar. So of course that's why I was shadowy, right? I lied to so many people in my life. And so that's why it felt so um, like the thought of getting up on stage and somebody like at the event and if someone were to be like, you're a liar, like (laughs) it would crumble right? Mm -hmm. Because it was true. But then I had to look to see, well, why do I lie? Okay. Well, I lie to protect myself. I lie to protect other people. So there's people pleasing and it all comes down to a fear of rejection. But then there are other shadow words that people put on you, right? For example, my mom, you know, she thinks I'm cold, right? She thinks I'm harsh. So these are all defense mechanism I've created because of the relationship that her and I have, but no one else would think of me that way. But because she's given me those, I started to own them. Meaning that I was that way to her because she gave them to me. And then I was like, well, since she told me this is what I am, I guess I'm going to own that. So part of recognizing your shadow is then seeing, is this something that I truly have done? Fire. Is this something that someone gave to me? Harsh, cold. Why? Right? We talk about integrating it. And I don't want to think everyone to think that means you got to get on Instagram and be like, I'm a liar. You know, like, (laughs) even though some people do do that, some people do. Yes. But what I want to say is, is that part of this is recognizing it for yourself, understanding why you're doing, and then it's a choice. Do I want to continue to lie? No. So anytime I feel like I want to, I have to figure out why. Okay. Well, I don't want to disappoint this person. Okay, well, if I choose to lie, that's basically telling the universe that my voice, my needs are not important. So in this moment, am I going to choose me, my needs, or am I going to choose this other person? So again, if we pause, we can kind of look at that fork in the road and decide. This work, I mean, we're talking about it in a serious way because it is serious when we, we're all working on our limiting beliefs and our conditioning. But sometimes the work can be really fun too. You know, that shadow, I remember when going through shadow the first time and just bawling my eyes out for days. Oh my gosh. And yes. then I remember sending an f- email to my friends asking them to, did you do that too? Send the email out. I actually didn't. And I want to out myself on that <laughs> because... It was like 
people just t- unfortunately tell me things that sometimes I don't always hear. So I didn't Ooh. even have to ask. It was like I had already been told. Totally. No, I feel you. But there was there's an exercise in there. All the exercises are fun, even though it is mm-hmm. work and you do have to sit down and dedicate time like anything in life you, to get ahead. You have to really commit yeah. yourself to, especially if you're wanting to manifest. It can't just come. I mean, of course, some things can come to you, but it definitely takes time before it shows up on the platter. But yeah, I remember emailing some of my friends, asking them to talk about what is holding me back. And I remember getting those emails back and I was so terrified and equally exhilarated by some of this criticism. And to this day, I still think about some of the things they said when I'm feeling like I'm getting into shadow again or when I feel like Mm -hmm. there's shame around these topics, right? So I think the work is so freaking fun. And then you do it in your own way. So something that I think I loved about you when you went up on stage all of the DIs, you know, Lacey always recommended, you know, lay down, put your put something over your eyes and like mm-hmm. make sure it's like this great setting. And you, Heather, you were like, Well, no, I do it when I'm walking. <laughs> and the whole like crowd like gasped. And you were like, I <laughs> yeah. do it my own way. Like a total typical man gen, doing your own thing, not following the sheep. And now I think you actually really inspired a lot of people to do the work in their own way and make it fun again instead of mm-hmm. making it because I know sometimes even before I go to psychotherapy I'm like ooh, oh I don't want to talk about this and I'm feeling those things but if the work is fun or you're making it and integrating it into your life and reframing and reprogramming in a way that's you know exciting it can actually like dividends give you so much more in return totally I think for me like a big part of what I do with my clients is to recognize like what is it that they do when they feel relaxed? I have some people who draw or paint and listen to DIs, right? I have a florist, right? As she's putting these different gorgeous, beautiful flower arrangements, she can listen to a DI. I like to do it either walking or hiking. Um, I will say I preface it with, I listen to binaural beats for like, you know, five to 10 minutes just to kind of prep myself to get into this. But it's a time when, I'm actually going to be less distracted because I'm not thinking about like, is it time to get up now? Like, am I, can I open my eyes? Like what's going on? You know, it's like, I'm, I'm in nature and I'm just enjoying that. And I feel like, you know, I've got a lot of, um, moms, which are super expanding for me who are trying to figure out how to do this with small kids. So Mm. it's like, while you're walking, you know, with your kids or walking your dog, like, there are ways to add this into your life versus feeling like it's an all or nothing. Um, you know, I'm someone that I love voice memos, so I will create my own voice memos. I can, instead of journaling, sometimes I'll, I talk out loud of the journal prompts in the car is a great place to do it. If you know where you're going and you're not like listening to Google maps or something, you know, um, but I think that just what you said is have fun. I think a big part of it is, looking at your human design, right? And how do you digest life? And how can you take in this information? Um, I will say just to plug human design that once I found out, like, I mean, I went down the rabbit hole of human design and I just decided that to take everything I could learn about human design and elevate my manifestation process. 1000%. It goes hand in hand. Oh, it totally does. It's so cool how those modalities really blend together so seamlessly and astrology too, by the way. Like there's so many cool things about ourselves that when we continue to like 
turn them over and, and keep discovering that we're like, oh no, it's literally a blend of all these things that make us superpowers. Like these, we are super women for figuring this all out and then integrating them like all together. But yes, human design is incredible. And as we're talking about this, I told you I wanted to share some things with you about you know, <laughs> to wrap up the sesh. Well, first of all, I just want to thank you so much for sharing all of your nuggets. And you're again, you're such an expander for so many people, Heather, and everything that you've gone through and that that rock bottom, although it was so traumatic, it really just made you who you are. And that also is in your astrology. So I wanted to talk to you about that, which is so freaking cool. Oh my God, I'm so excited. You are, like you said, you're a Taurus sun, a Cancer rising and a Sag moon. So your Taurus sun is in the 11th house. 11th house is community and how you're seen (laughs) and how you like connect to people. So as a Taurus sun, having a career in a community-based setting makes like the most sense for you for coaching. Like it couldn't make more sense. (laughs) So do you have a lot of friends in like all different places? Yes. And I like really quickly in high school, I was the person that just didn't stick to one click. You know what I mean? It was like I had, I, I was a swimmer. So I had like sports friends, but then I also had, I mean, just everything. I never felt like I needed to stick to one because and I didn't know it. it was because I was meant to be part of a network and a community and a collective. Yes. In a Taurus sun too, in 11th, it's like student council vibes. That's funny. <laughs> Were you on the student council or student government? In elementary school. Yeah. <laughs> I was actually like the historian. I took photos. Oh my gosh. Historian for Taurus. That is so freaking funny. And then your Sag moon in the fifth house. I mean, creativity and inner child work should always be incorporated in your life in some kind of way. You know, what's so funny is that I had, I've had, I guess you could say shadow around creativity. Cause when I think of creativity, I think of like art or writing or photography. And so I'm like, well, I don't have any of that. So I'm not creative. And someone was like, well, no, because you created a different process for TBM right? Totally. And I just, I I had put myself in this box and I had no idea that I was doing that. Um, And so looking at it that way, I was like, oh my gosh, you're right. Like it's, it's doing things a little bit differently is creative. And I had been so literal about it. Totally. Well, that's also Taurus sun is pretty pragmatic. it's like if this isn't making me money i don't know what i want to do with it um but the sag moon and the fifth like you're truly here to have like even these moments where you made a joke or anything like your sag your sag moon comes out often so continue to play with that because i think that's actually going to be like a super strength of yours even growing into the years and having your own children because fifth house is child right and yeah. So having a Sag moon, like you want to play with your, with your kids and like get really down and dirty with them and, and be creative as much as possible. And just like you tell your clients, you know, like what makes you relaxed? What makes you have fun? Um, is it mm-hmm. painting? Is it drawing? Is it j- doing cartwheels? Like who knows, but enjoy that playful part of you. Cause that's actually really important. Um, and then a cancer rising, you're meant to be mm. a teacher and a guide. I mean, that's just simple. It makes so much sense. Cancer rising is just here to, teach others and mentor and and in in that empath way, right? Understanding that through trauma and through intuition that you can teach other people. But what I was like freaking so blown away by. (laughs) So wherever I, whenever I look at someone's astrology chart, I always look at Chiron. Are you familiar with Chiron? Mm -mm. So Chiron is an asteroid um, between Saturn and Uranus. And wherever Chiron is in our chart is our shadow. 
no matter everyone has okay. a Chiron and it sucks no matter where it is. Okay. So I knew because we we're going to talk a little bit about shadow. I was like, I need to see where Heather's shadow is. Like, where is it? And your Chiron is conjunct your north node. When two things are conjunct, it means they're in the same sign um, in very similar Mm -hmm. degrees. And it means you can't have one without the other. So your north node is your fate and where you're going in this lifetime and all of your past life karma, everything that ever happened to you in this life, it's where are you going? Your Chiron is your shadow and your wounds. The fact that you can't have your wounds and your shadow without your like where your fate basically means that every single trauma or shadow you've ever faced in your entire life meant for you to grow and enhance as a spiritual teacher. Wow. In the biggest way. I was like, oh my gosh, what did I write for you? I said, create a life as a spiritual teacher, especially through outing your pain. And the journey to heal yourself is the journey that will heal other people. And you know, honestly, I what I get, because um, I constantly, if I'm on Instagram or different podcasts, like I have no problem being like, you know, um, I made my husband be wrong for this or I, you know, whatever. I... I'm okay with saying that because if someone else can learn from it or grow from it, so now that makes so much sense because I feel like my my approach is through like real time. Like I want to I want to share what I'm going through to see if like that helps with somebody else. So is that what you mean? Totally, totally. Every single time. And and since it's still in the 11th house, close to your Taurus sun, all of that is community work. So the more and more on these podcasts, you talk about your mm-hmm. shadow and talk about your pain or your trauma that is helping other people. And that is your purpose in this lifetime. Wow. And it kind of goes into like high sound too, just that whole sharing and speaking on it and Wow, it's so connected. Because it's in that Gemini too. But having a Chiron conjunct a North Node is very rare. And a North Node, um, you know, wherever that is in your chart, it's like, oh, this is where you're going. This is your purpose. This is your kismet. But the fact that it's literally linked so closely to your shadow and now you're teaching other people how to work through it, I couldn't think of anything more perfect than alignment for you. Oh, I love that. Thank you. Two more things I want to talk to you about. (laughs) So um, I also look to Pluto because Pluto is like our ego. Mm -hmm. And that also plays a role in shadow. And your Pluto is in the fourth house. Um, so this probably was a relationship with mom where things were strained and you had yeah. some emotional neglect or mm-hmm. codependency issues. Yes. And it's <laughs> all fact- of it. It is okay, okay. And since it's zero degrees, um, that means in this lifetime, um, probably there was probably like a past life thing where maybe you guys are shifting the hats where you were either her mom in a past life. And now you feel like you always had to be her mom, but now you're realizing, no, I'm actually the child. So that actually plays a big role in your chart too, is that fourth house Pluto. I mean, that couldn't be more correct, honestly. Yeah. Wherever Pluto is, it's very similar to our shame. Um, It's like what what we don't own, it owns us. It's the same situation for Pluto. So with that mom zero degrees in Scorpio, again, it's like, where is that emotional neglect coming in? Or where is that emotional dependence? Mm -hmm. Or where can I work through that? So that's very apparent in your chart as well, um, which is something that I think you've probably worked through and something that's made you even stronger. Right. And even now going through pregnancy, like a lot of that's coming up. So it's definitely something that, um, I'm trying to even heal in real time. Yes, that's that's true because 
it's in the fourth house. So home, <laughs> how you make home, uh, it's really about discovery because Pluto and Scorpio, especially with these placements, is like, how can I make those dark, dirty things that I hate? How can I make them into transcendence? Wow. So that's really beautiful. That's happening right now. But now I was like, okay, I was like, girls having a baby. I was like, I wonder when the babies do. So I was looking mm-hmm. at your um, upcoming forecast, your, you know, your transits coming up. You have a North node return, which only happens every 19 to 22 years. And I asked you at the beginning of the call, I said, is your baby due in September? And you said, yes, yes. Right. Uh-huh. So your North node return, I like was so geeking out. I looked at the exact dates. It's going to be happening August 23rd okay. to September 1st. But even uh-huh. after, even after okay. that, the next three to four weeks after September 1st is going to be the most kismet part of your life because that North node return is coming back in. <laughs> I'm like totally emotional. Good, because you should be because your baby chose to come at it like your nodal return. It's a huge deal. Oh, my God. That's really, you know, there's just, I mean, there's just so much to that. So especially because for so long, I didn't know if I wanted to be a mom. I was afraid to Mm. be a mom because of the relationship with my mother. I was afraid to be a mom because it was going to change the relationship with myself. But, you know, everything I've heard is, is that becoming a mom makes you focus on yourself so much more than before. So I just knew that it was going to elevate even my own relationship with myself. So, you know, and also too, because of that North node return, it will be close to your Chiron because of your North node and Chiron conjunct. So there will be some shadow around the baby, but that beautiful healing part of you and all those things you're working through is so meant to be. And that baby is in your life for a reason and probably a soulmate and and a past life and future soulmate. I love that. Thank you so much for that. You're welcome. I just was so excited to freaking share that with you. I guess to like wrap this up um, even more, how how can everyone find you? And if they want to work with you, you know, what where are you offering your services? Definitely. So um, you can find me on Instagram. So it's um, Heather underscore Marie underscore T. Um, that's where I'm most active. Um, I have a link in my bio to where you can book a session with me. Um, you book it through to be magnetic. Um, I'm going to give you a code that will give everybody you're listening to a hundred dollars off of a session. Oh my gosh. Thank you. Yeah. So it's all caps, 100 off Heather. You know, I'm very aware that obviously like coaching can be pricey. So that's a good opportunity. We also have a Q&A. So you can actually, if you have a question, um, you can go on to tbm. or to be magnetic.com um, where you can ask a question and it's $25. Um, you can request me and I can answer it. And there's also um, once a month, because there's four coaches, we do a coaches magnetic meetup. So we switch the topic. So it's 90 minutes and it's typically the last week of the month that the day kind of varies, whether it's a Saturday or a Tuesday. Going to Instagram is a great opportunity because then you can really see how to book a session with me, how to do a Q&A, and how to join our Coaches Magnetic Meetup. 
And I think that's what's really important for people who are listening is you have so many resources. So again, like $100 off, you have the coaches that are all amazing, yeah. um, getting together to give such good insight. I know you've done several podcasts. So you're just a wealth of information and knowledge and a high vibe man, Jen. So everyone should just go <laughs> run to Heather's profile, you know, go see her faded baby once it comes, her cute little golden retriever, her sweet husband, everything. Just go take a look. <laughs> and I appreciate you holding space for everybody and for yourself today and being here because it was just such a freaking pleasure. So thank you. Yes, thank you so much for having me. I I appreciate you asking and that I immediately knew I wanted to do this. So (laughs) (laughs) use that Seiko girl. Yes, thank you. If you want to connect further with me, you can go to my website, spiritsis.com to check out any of my services, offerings, or you can go to my Instagram at spirit underscore sis. Until next time, have a lovely, but most importantly, magnetic rest of your day. Bye-bye.